You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No. The Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This you microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr. Dot Commer. On WEEI.com. Uh, these podcasts are usually game preview podcasts, but the Patriots are playing the Jets this week, and there's not really much of a game to preview. So this will be more of a big picture podcast with uh, some snippets of the game. Yes. Well, I actually heard a lot of people this week, both on Twitter, on our station, on the other station, you know, the the idea that, oh, they're going to beat the Jets. I don't worry. Like, oh, maybe not. I don't know so much anymore. Which I still think it would stun me if they lost to the Jets. I mean, I know there's only a two-win difference between these teams and some of the stats are ugly from the Jets are historically bad. They are awful. And it doesn't matter. Like, you look at the numbers, 32, 32, 32 right, for their right. rankings. Like, you look at Sam Brad, uh, Sam Darnold, and it doesn't matter which quarterback played, they have exactly a 65 passer rating. Joe Flacco, right. Sam Darnold. Like, I just – they're just so bad. I almost – like I, I said to Keith yesterday, Rich Keith, that I almost feel like this could be a moral loss where they could win this game, but only by, you know, a field goal or a touchdown. Everybody's like – that's you can only do that like that's all we are now like it took to like the fourth quarter you've got a late touchdown yeah yes but I don't think there's I think some people have overreacted to the point where if the Patriots lose to the Jets I will fully think they may be tanking because I don't think no there'd be there would be no other way to look at it I don't think there's any shot that they should lose to the Jets but yeah let's uh recap where this team is at right now in the uh, midway point of the season and I think the leaping off point there would be They didn't do anything at the trading deadline. I don't mean to be disrespectful to wide receiver Isaiah Ford, who they traded for, but when you're talking about Stephon Gilmore and Joe Tooney and those types of things, they didn't really do anything. But that was a across-the-league thing, and I think that we, I don't know, media members, like fans, everybody thinks that the NFL trade deadline is like this big, big thing, like the MLB trade deadline. It's not. It's never been. And I think people get themselves so – hyped up and thinking of these big things and it just never really comes to fruition. And that's why people sort of are disappointed in a way, but like, I think we were saying like, don't expect a big move. It never really happens. But I don't necessarily take the excuse of Corona COVID. Like I don't either. You know, this year you have to, you have to quarantine for six and and just, just do the trade a week earlier. Or, or I wait a week later, I'm trading for you to help me, like, not for one game. Am I trading for a guy to just win one game? No, I'm trading to make the playoffs, make a, a Super Bowl run, make whatever. So if I want a guy and he makes my team better, I'll wait the six freaking days for him to quarantine, right? I, like, I don't – I never really understood that excuse. But, no, it was quiet. And, you know, finances could have something to do with it, I guess, making it even more quiet if you're looking forward to next year's cap and teams have sort of fiscal uncertainty and those things. But from a Patriots perspective, I wasn't, you know, the reports were they were asking for a first round pick and a player for Stephon Gilmore. Good luck. You're not getting that. So I'm not surprised if that's what they really wanted. It didn't come to fruition. I think they could have gotten a two and something else whenever they wanted. And I think they can still get that next spring right. with him still under contract. And I think that was their mentality. The difference would be Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney's gone and you're going to get a compensatory pick for him a year after because. Well, wait, wait a second. I think uh-huh. that's. Everyone's talking about that comp pick. Like, let's just – Patriots have a lot of money to spend this offseason, correct? Yes. What if they sign a bunch of players? Then that formula, they don't get a comp pick. Like, it's possible that you don't get a comp pick for Joe Tooney. 
It is possible. That is correct. Now, I'm still dubious that they'll sign significant players. And so maybe it's a round lower. Maybe, it, you know, if he signs a huge deal, $60 million, yeah. 70, maybe it doesn't end up being like a third round value. Maybe it's a low, but you'll still get a compensatory pay. I also don't know what you could have got right now for a rental guard. Right, totally, that's, that's the bigger point. I don't know what you, what you really would have gotten for Joey Tooney. Like you could look at, I mean, you had the Staley injury is like a major O-line injury. And he, I mean, I guess we shouldn't pigeonhole him as just a guard. I guess he's prone right. center, could play tackle. If a, if a team looked at it like that, if he was the, the difference between, you know, greatness and because I just lost an offensive lineman, maybe that would, would help. Or a team like Dallas that has O-line issues, like yeah. they got desperate. So I don't know what the market would be for Joe Tooney, but you're going to lose him. I, like, I don't see the Patriots. You can't no. franchise him and trade him because no. that's just not really feasible. And then you're, I don't – I mean – I guess for all we know, they could sign him long-term. I guess I don't totally rule that out, but I don't, I would, that would stun me. So Joe Tooney's gone and you're just going to get whatever compensatory pick for him. Right. So I think that's a little more of a big deal, but you know, they didn't, they didn't feel the need to do anything. We couldn't label them sellers. We couldn't really label them buyers. They just kind of found a wide receiver. That seems to be a nice working, nice, hardworking, nice hardworking guy. Yeah. Like he sounds like, in the past, he would have been the perfect Patriot with like Moss and Welker or Gronk and Edelman. Like he would have fit in nicely as like an extra receiver. Trouble is he's now like your best receiver. I think that they just, I don't know. They needed bodies at the position. I think that was more of the, the, they didn't really like say, Oh, they didn't identify him as like, we need this guy. Like for the future, we need him now. It's more like we need bodies at the position and he's an available NFL wide receiver. That's going to cost very little. So let's just go out and get him. And he's been, you know, with a coach and a system, a program similar to yours. He did well against you late last right. season, has some production. So, I mean, there's some re- versatility. You know, I, I saw Adam Gase talked about working with him. He's sort of an inside out guy. You can put him outside. He's best in the slot. Um, so I think there's some factors that make him a Patriot type, but you're right. They needed body. Like, Dante Moncrief, like right. they signed him to the practice squad. They're adding bodies because he has NFL experience. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it didn't cost me. <laughs> right. I mean, you're at the point where we joked about it last week. You have a whole depth chart of undrafted receivers because Julian Edelman's on IR. You continue to have Nikhil Harry with the concussion, the head injury. He's out of the mix. You're, you know, can you lean on Jacoby Myers to have 10 targets every week and expect your offense to be that good? Probably not. So, you know, you throw some bodies at the situation and if maybe Isaiah Ford in, you know, best case scenario, let's dream, dream sequence here. I want to be clear. Dream sequence. Nikhil Harry becomes at least a true two or maybe a one moving forward. You get another and you say, but this Ford guy, I like him as our three slash four, right? Yes. Knows. But yeah. for now, yeah, he's, he's a Band-Aid or whatever you want to call it. Um, do we want to talk more about the roster here or do you want to go into Belichick selling out? comments uh let's get into belichick selling out they sold out for a five-year span which apparently didn't include last year because when he was listing his accomplishments he left out the season in which they lost down the stretch and then lost on wild card weekend but yeah over the last week and a half certainly bill's comments have been i would say a major talking point across the nfl that's no, not yeah, no question not locally. when has bill ever talked like this well, he gives honest answers to honest questions. That's what he said. It's true. He did say. I'm with you, though. Since when? <laughs> you used to be very consistent, and part of your consistency was winning and not answering questions. That was part of your magic. You didn't have now, to like it. You give honest answers and honest questions. So Apparently. We, is he saying that their questions haven't been honest in the last 10 years, or his answers haven't been honest? A good way to look at it. Good way to look at it. But no, he, so he tells Charlie Weiss that, Basically, it's a cap reset year because of their spending in the past. They're basically under players. Their roster depth isn't there. Yeah, which is disingenuous at best, misleading. I don't don't know what you want to – It's misleading because he's not wrong, but it's misleading. He is wrong. The only year they sold out was last year. No, no, no. I'm saying he's not wrong in the fact that their roster isn't as deep because of the salary cap. Well, he is because they could have signed anybody they wanted. They could have added depth to the roster. They They went all in on young players, rookies, right? at like their most important positions this year yes 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 okay so that's part of the story you didn't have to do that you could have signed a tight end you could have signed a veteran linebacker more than 
uh, Copeland, a well, special teamer. How would you have done that in, in March? With a ballpoint pen. What would you have changed? What would you because they, they didn't have the you have and you I, can create don't I, I buy know. into that shit. I Do know. not buy into that shit. I know what is wrong with you. But you you couldn't have, have added like four players, you know what I mean? You can do anything you want. You didn't have to sign Slater and McCordy to above market that, value deals. You didn't have to, have to Joe franchise Tunis. your yes. guard. That's 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 where that's what I'm trying to get at. Do whatever you want. You mismanaged it. Yes. Okay. So, like, you also mismanage it by giving Tom Brady thirteen and a half million and Antonio Brown eight, but now it's four. Like, yes. Michael Bennett so, too. Like, they have that's it. that's where I actually give him. I do think they sold out. I think he's trying to package a year ago, yes. only a year ago. Yes. I do think he's trying to package this without saying it. Listen, we we tried to give Brady what he wanted for his last hurrah last year, and now it's biting us in the ass, and we're not we can't yes. you know do what we want to do. But five years, all we've ever heard from them is they think short and long term, and that's why they make tough decisions, and they don't just give out contracts and pay people for what they've done, right? It's what you can do moving forward, and all the BS that we've heard over the years, on and off the record at various times from Bill, from Nick, from Robert. Yep. Bill basically said, ah, none of that was true. We sold out for five years. Now it bit us in the ass. we got to reset the cap. That's basically what he said. Yes. And then he doubled down on it. Um, on our station, you know, when he was, I give Christian Fourier credit. He, he called him on it, said it sounds like excuses. Bill got defensive and said, I never said that. And Christian said, I never said you said that. It's us saying those are excuses. Right. And I will say also, a lot of the, the Andrew Brandt, who former GM or VP and yeah, agent, yeah. like he called BS immediately. And then all the internet cap guys, the overthecap.com and those called BS immediately. Like Miguel did it though. Of course Miguel didn't. Did you expect him to? Uh, he should be an objective salary cap guy. He actually defended um, the Patriots because a lot of people said, you know, cash spending, the Patriots are always, you know, at or below the right. league average. And Miguel said, I've never seen a tie-in between cash spending and winning in the National Football League. And, okay, you can defend the numbers any way you want. The reality is they're they not have in hell. They have managed the cap pretty well over the years, right? Yes. And it's okay if they've chosen to sort of reset things. It just, it's weird for him to articulate it and blatantly tell us that we're not as invested in this year as we have been. And right. then you have his former players like Matt Light saying, oh, he saw that this was going to be a throwaway season and he got ahead of it. And when the bullets fly for real in a couple of years, he'll be ready to go. I thought that was the most disrespectful comment I've ever heard. Uh, he's kind of gone in a wrong direction, Matt Light. Uh, are you talking politically or sports or? Sport. Like his just overall, like he's not. He's kind of the hot take, like doesn't yeah. really follow things real. Like I, I just think he's well, all, he's all over the place. I don't think he follows the team. I think it's like a big picture. Oh, they're two and five. Bill must not be trying. Right, right. But give him the excuse. And I, I just I got offended, and I don't know why. I shouldn't. I'm not a player. Why should I be offended? But like you're telling Dak Prescott that he may have changed his career because of a in a season that didn't matter i was just gonna say like look at the rest of the league like do they feel the same way like do the julian edelman's out there bone on bone in his knee gutting through it and you're telling him why doesn't he just sit out if the season doesn't matter right why are there only why were there so few opt-outs if the season was just eh, whatever like let's just get through the year and um correct me if i'm wrong the next game they miss anybody in the national football league will be the first yes they rescheduled and moved some games around they've missed nothing yes which makes it a lot like a 2001 season after the 9-11 terrorist attacks where they took a week off, they rescheduled games late in the year, they took the bye away from – oh, Matt Light, you're going to give your Super Bowl ring back for that sham of a season? Because right. that season, you know, the next year when the bullets were flying for real, your Patriots sucked. You right. didn't make the playoffs. Like, I was so – I was literally kind of angry when he said that because it was just so – I keep coming back to where disrespectful. Oh, you're right. Like it's disrespectful to the players that are actually out there playing. Yeah, like – when Matthew Slater runs down on a kickoff or a punt, yeah, why does he? It doesn't matter. He should just, you know, jog and not make contact with anybody. Right. I, I just – that really rubbed me the wrong way. But, yes, um, to, to reset things, if you believe, Bill, they're resetting things. Like, and that's – There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. I don't have to like it. And I actually don't have a problem with the actions. It's the verbalization of the actions, which – Again, as Christian accurately pointed out, come off as excuses. 
because my new phrase, my new catchphrase is, excuses are simply explanations given by losers. And that's what Bill has sounded like. Because a month ago, after the Chiefs game, he said no excuses, and now they're making nothing but excuses. And that just rubs me. I liked his consistency. over the. I didn't have to like enjoy what the way he did things. Yeah, I would have liked a coach who said more and smiled more. Right. But you could respect the consistency that he had. And now, all of a sudden, after a month of losing, he's lost his mind, and he sounds like a combination of Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia. Yes. That's right? Like, since when has he ever, ever talked about the past and, like, you know, highlighted past accomplishments? Yeah. And, and even there was the clip, I forget what, like, I think ESPN Sports Center did it, did it. they uh, played back a clip from Bill just in October. We don't make excuses around here. So all of a sudden, in a month, you, you totally change? Well, That's what happened in that month? Well, you lost every game you played. Exactly. You went from two and one to two and five. Right. Excuses are explanations given by losers. And back to the light thing for just a minute, there's also this um, air of, and I used this example with Mutt the other night, I'm a father, I have a 13-year-old son who's relatively athletic, but any parent or any older brother, sibling, has had that moment where you, you're playing the sport you've always dominated. Oh, I beat that kid in horse 72 straight times. Uh, how come he only has an H and I have an H-O-R-S? You know what I tell him? <laughs> Not really trying today. I, I figured right. I'd let you. That's what this feels like. Right. Right? Like, oh, we're not. You know why we're losing? Because we're not trying to win this year. Oh, you thought this was real? <laughs> right. It's just, oh, it, right. the whole thing, it's okay. You're Bill Belichick. You're the greatest of all time. Other than Wiggy, who thought he was playing for his, like, reputation and legacy last Sunday, everybody's going to say, well, yeah, you were due for a down year. Tom moved on. You don't have a quarterback. You've won for 20 straight years. It's fine. Do you also right? think that – yes. Do you also think that uh, Tom's success in Tampa is playing into it at all? Yes, 100%. I don't think Bill would be saying these things and acting this strange if Tom were 500 or Tom were struggling as well. But I when he that. looks up at the record and, you know, some graphic on some website, uh, MVP candidates, Tom Brady, touchdowns in the last four games, Tom Brady. Like, right. I think that is part of it. He would never admit to that, I don't think. But I do think that was part of it, yes. And then, uh, like, the, the thing, if you want to bring in Brady into it, like, Belichick-Brady, the whole decision, isn't determined by this one year. Like, no. if, the, if the Patriots go out and have this bad year, but then all of a sudden are back to making the playoffs and back to being the, one of the better teams at the AFC next year, you look at everything completely different. So it's like, I think Bill is looking at this as, like, this determines how I'm viewed post-Brady, and that's not the case. It's okay to have a down year. It's, it really is okay. And it's okay to not, like, react to – for example, Rex Ryan said that. I think we're seeing the greatest player of all time was more important than the greatest coach of all time. Like, right. so you now answer Rex Ryan, basically? Like, you're right. responding to that? Now, that's a hot take because I agree with you, and a lot of people have done it. I've really actually been surprised with some people that have, oh, we get the answer to the Belichick-Brady question. No, we're not. Like, like, if he like, rebuilds this team and they're the dominant team in two years in the AFC, he answered the question. Correct. He has bridged the dynasty. Like, now, Tom, Tom made it hard to see. But Tom Brady is playing with Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans. Like, his team is loaded. Like, he, he, picked, a, he picked to go to a place that was going to set him up, himself up well. Belichick and, didn't, like, add, you know, Pro Bowl players. Like, he's rebuilding the proper way. Like, of course, like things were set up for Brady to do better than Bill this year. And I've said this a number of times, and I believe it. If Bill had joined the Bucks with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, they would be a double-digit wins NFL team. Yes. And if Tom Brady were on the Patriots right now with a different coach, Bruce he'd be saying, guess we got our answer. Bill right. Belichick was more important. Look at the Patriots. Because I think the Patriots would be a losing team right now. Yes. Yes. Totally. So, um, so that leads us into, you go from Rex Ryan's hot take to my apparent hot take that people don't like on, I feel like uh, Ryan Hannibal today on Twitter, a lot of rip job retweets. Um, so I posed the idea, stole it from our morning show because they were talking about it a little bit and, uh, it actually resonated with me. Should the Patriots consider trading William Belichick? Uh, no, absolutely not. I disagree with you full heart. Right. Go ahead. Why? Defend it. Be okay what are you getting for him 
let's just say one first round pick and a second round pick, which nice. is lower. I mean, it's not the the um, the deal the Bucks sent to for John Gruden was two ones, two twos, and eight million dollars. You're yeah. not getting that. You're yeah. not getting. But, but yeah, first round pick and a second round pick, or a first and something else. Who and so you're in your scenario, Joshua Daniels takes over as head coach. He's available. I don't think he has to. That's another decision that I think but Jonathan. I, I think I think you're you're not giving Bill enough credit for his for being a, one of the best coaches in the NFL. You watch games around the league every single week. How many times do you say, "What the hell was that coach doing?" or "What the hell are they doing?" And Am how many the Patriots this year? Because a lot. But is that because of their roster or because Bill? How does the roster – when you have um, third and goal from the 12 with 14 seconds left and choose to kick a field goal, that's just a coaching decision. But that's also not – would he do that if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was his quarterback? Okay, do we make that excuse with other coaches? Or do we say you have to do that? That's the way you play the game. I'd also argue if you want to blame it on the roster – who puts the roster together? Well, I don't know. Bill's gone back and forth. Like, this week it's been Nick. Talk to him <laughs> about the decisions. I, I don't know. Like, isn't it kind of true? Like, the past yeah. several months it's been, oh, Nick does that. Nick does that. Nick does that. But when it's all positive, oh, you know, like, they, they talk with Nick and I. We consult on things. Like, I, I don't know, honestly. Like, I, I think that Nick does more than people think. Oh, boy. You are so – so so Bill got credit when it was good. Now that it's bad – it's not Bill's fault. No, I, I think it's been Nick more than we've given Nick credit for with the good and the bad. So the last five years when they won those three Super Bowls, let's give the credit to Nick, not Bill. Yes. Has anybody done that? Have you heard no, one but, person do that? But do, don't so then you, it falls on Bill. It falls on Bill. He can't take the credit, but no blame. But don't you, agree, right. don't you agree that Nick is no, more, I don't. You don't think Nick is more involved? Why, why do agents and, and other teams go through oh. Nick? I think he's more involved in the way that Josh is more involved calling the plays on offense. But in the end, Bill decides the game plan. Bill makes the big decisions. Bill sets the tone. So Bill gets the blame. Yes. But okay. I, Just because Nick is calling and seeing what you could get, and so, but, Bill so, makes the decision to pull the trigger or not. You think Nick turned down all the trades for Stephon Gilmore? Or do you think Bill did? I think it was a combination. See, I think it's Bill. I don't think Nick has a shot in hell. But, of but what I'm saying is that is that you, you you need Bill like you're not giving Bill enough credit. Excuse me? You're not giving Bill enough credit. For what? For, I've done for, nothing but give the guy credit for 20 years. So, so I just, you're gonna replace who are you gonna replace Bill with is my thing. Well you think Nick's already running the show, so it's even better. I don't have to replace him. Okay. Who's so Nick and Josh? Who's and, and what has Josh shown this year? Uh, he struggled because the roster stinks because the, Bill hasn't so been as invested. You, you can make that argument with Josh, but you can't make it with Bill. But Josh is in the middle of his career. Bill's almost done. If I can get something for Bill, I'm treating him like Logan Mankins and Richard Seymour, what, let's speak. an Bill's, aging legend. Bill's not 80 years old. Bill, He's 68. Who's the oldest coach in football history? Is it Marv Levy? Who is it? Romeo Cornell, 74. He's coaching right now. He's an interim head coach. So okay. Bill is at the end. I don't want to get into like body shape, but doesn't Bill look like he's in better shape than Romeo? But is he in better shape than every other coach that didn't coach past the age of 73? I, I think so. I think Bill's in good shape. Oh, what are you talking about? How do you know he's in better coach than all those coaches? I think Bill can coach. If Bill wanted to coach 10 more years, he could coach 10 more years. Any chance that Bill is not as good a coach and GM as he once was? Yeah, of course. Happens with age. But, but okay. Bill is, is the best. So you're going from the best maybe to, like, not infinite years ahead of everyone else. He's just, like, maybe closer to their level. He's still the best coach in the league. And for a while, Richard Seymour was the best defensive end, quasi-defensive tackle in football, and Bill traded okay, him. Okay, so this year we saw, like, how things look when Tom Brady was gone. Now, like, I just think that it could be the same thing with Bill. Like, you saw how, how important quarterback play is. What's the second most important thing in football? Coach. Right. Well, you can argue first. Okay. So you're going to – now lose the two things that you had like you're seeing this year how important quarterback play was I think you'd see the same thing in another year how important a good head coach is well what if I have faith in the coach that I hire whether that's Josh McDaniels Gerard Mayo or an outsider and what if the trade is that worth two picks like what are you gonna do with those picks probably get a franchise quarterback but like 
who? Like, it seems like you're – Remember, you your guy Nick wants, since you think Nick team, makes all the decisions. Is a team going to give uh, a top five pick for Bill Belichick? I don't think so. I have no idea. You'll never know until you try to find out. But let's just say you can't. I think that's very unlikely. So then you're just getting – You think uh, Arthur Blank – would give a top five pick to have Bill Belichick oversee Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and the rest of his Falcons? No, because then you're making the same argument. Why, why would he want to I take think a guy? do it in a heartbeat. Why, why would he want to take a guy that's at the end of his career? Because he needs legitimacy and he thinks he has the talent to win now. He doesn't even have to ask Bill for a rebuild. He thinks he has good talent. He's seen what Bill can do in the biggest game in sports. He can come in and solidify. That's To me, that's the perfect one. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. This is the first time I've actually kind of articulated this. I think Arthur Blank would sell out, and you could get a top five pick for Bill Belichick. Okay, but then you have to have faith in whoever you have in place to do well with that top five pick. And I don't think you can do that with – I think Bill would do a better – like you're not giving Bill enough credit for what he's done. How yeah, do you know? I really look harder at Bill's last five or six drafts at the top. Okay. What, what about the coaching? I think it's stunk this year. I think there's been a, a litany okay. of questionable decisions. So you're, you're, you're getting rid of Bill Belichick for seven games. No, I'm getting rid of Bill Belichick because I think he's closer to the end than he is the beginning. I'm using Belichickian philosophy to utilize my greatest asset, Bill Belichick, to garner a first-round pick and something else, a top-five pick, which combined with my great pick, because I stink, is going to allow me to turn my franchise around in a hurry and usher in the new era of Patriots football. You think Bill would even do that? Like, I, I think there'd be a chance he would retire. This is where I think you have some truth, and I believe it would take some master manipulation from the Kraft family, Robert and Jonathan Kraft. Like, you're Atlanta. Do you think Bill would ship up and go down to Atlanta and say, oh. Somehow you need to convince Bill that he's angry and has something to prove and has to prove. What does he have to Robert, prove? That he can do it elsewhere, that he can do it without Tom Brady. But, the, but oh, then, wait, who's but, in that but, division? No, wait, who's but, in that division? But then the who's argument. The argument is the argument is that Bill would just come in and everything set up for him. He didn't build it. He was a handed. All he had to do is just coach. So do people criticize Phil Jackson or do they count his rings? You don't think Bill would get a buffed up legacy if he wins a Super Bowl in another city, regardless of whether Matt Ryan was there or not? Then what if he does? That then his expectations. You couldn't do it with even with a, a superstar roster that was handed to you. If he does well, a superstar roster that sucks. There's a reason they had a top but five. The talent, but the talent's in place. I'm saying he's he'd be set up to fail. Like he would, it's sort of like Tom Brady this year. It'd be Super Bowl or bust. Right. That's fine. Take the challenge. That's why I'm but saying why, you have to why, create why, that why would he want to, Why would he want to take the challenge when he could do the same thing in New England? Is I can rebuild this team and get basically get the same credit. A, he may not have the time to rebuild here. Right? Why not? They're in a perfect situation for next offseason with all the cap he's money they have, all the money they eight have. years old. Okay. Again, the oldest coach in NFL history. You're acting like he's right going to – you're acting like he has, like, two years left in the league. He doesn't. So you think there's no reason why no one else kept coaching? No one got old? What, what do you mean? Marv Levy was a clown when he returned to the Bills. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but the game had passed him by. Joe Gibbs, the game had passed him by. You get old. It happens in this world. Okay. Why is Tom Brady doing what he's doing? It happens. A, he's a rarity. So, so is Bill. Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe he's getting old. I, I just, I really would like to, like, use, everybody has seen how important the quarterback position is this year, correct? Like, it's, been, it's proven that you need a good quarterback. Correct. Like, so can't you see the same thing would happen if you got rid of your head coach? To get a good quarterback. You, I'm okay. adding a top five pick to my pick. I now have the ability to get almost any quarterback I want. Okay. Who's going to coach that quarterback? Who's going to make sure that quarterback is? Either way, you eventually have to replace Bill Belichick. So you're going to have to hire a new coach. So what, but why do it now? When, don't you want him part of your re rebuilding process? I don't necessarily know that I do. That's, 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 you said the word disrespectful. That's disrespectful to Bill Belichick's, like, like, like his last 20 years. 
well, then every player should still be here. Richard Seymour should still be the defensive end, and Troy Brown should still be the wide receiver, and Tom Brady should still be the quarterback. Because I thought Bill made decisions based on current abilities, future contributions, and realistic no, you, actuarial you, you, you tables. You don't think of that Bill is one of the better coaches in the league right now? No, I do. So why Just like I thought Richard Seymour was a Pro Bowl defensive end. You know who else agreed? The Pro Bowl voters when he went to the Pro Bowl the following year as an Oakland Raider. He, again, defensive ends and head coaches aren't in the same argument. It's not the comparison. The comparison is a great player with a little bit left who you move on from because it's the right thing to do business-wise. It helps you in the long run because you get Nate Solder with a first-round pick who now plays for you for the next six or seven years at a high level at left tackle, an important position you need to fill. You will utilize Bill, your asset, to get a top five pick you're, no, and go you're, get a quarterback. You're, you're just saying that, though. You don't know you're going to get a top five pick. I don't trade him for three-sevenths. You, you said a one. A one could be 10 through 30. But I get to decide who I trade him to. You, so you I get the opportunity to trade sure, him to the Giants. You can decide that, but you also need another team that's willing to do that. Correct. And I don't have to trade him. Right. Which, like, I, you, you think that, like, the Falcons would just automatically take him. I do think. I think you could – I think there's a good chance you could convince – Arthur Blank and the Falcons. But what are the Falcons? Like, they're not picking in the top five, are they? Yes. Maybe. Like, I, I just – that's not – the season's not over. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you're, you're saying that the top five because you, you'd get a good quarterback. I think that probably needs to be top three. Um, okay, maybe. I mean, where did Deshaun Watson go? Where did uh, Patrick Mahomes go? Like, but, you don't necessarily have to have the top pick to get the best quarterback. Yeah, yes, if you want Trevor Lawrence, you need the top pick. Right. But there's so that, also questions atop the draft as to who's going to take a quarterback, who isn't. You know, is it a certainty the Giants take a quarterback? Well, the Patriots could potentially get that quarterback without even trading Bill Belichick. Uh, maybe. So, I just think... But is it going to hurt you to have a higher pick? No, it's going to hurt you more not to have a, uh, one of the best, the best coach in NFL history. So you're screwed when Belichick leaves either way. So if that's in three years, he retires, pack it up. Patriots are done. No, you would have a, a plan in place, which has sort of been the narrative that Bill would stick around long enough to have this team be successful when he leaves. Okay. Well, they're not successful while he's still here right now. It's been a year. Like, you're, you're, okay. you're, you're contradicting yourself. I'm not contradicting myself. I am looking to usher in the next generation of Patriot greatness by utilizing my greatest asset, a fading legend, just like every fading legend that Bill Belichick has ushered off in a trade. So you think two, you think a first round pick in, in two years is, is worth getting rid of Bill Belichick. That's more value. Like that's more important. It very well could be. But that's not... You're, you're not giving enough credit if to Justin have... Fields is your franchise QB for the next 15 years. Yes, I believe that. Then for a couple years of Bill Belichick. You know who else believes that? Bill Belichick, when he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and wanted to consider a decade and a half of Jimmy Garoppolo as compared to a couple years with Tom Brady. Because he is able to look at it without emotion, with logic, with factors in play, put it all together and say, what's good value for my team, my business? The problem is, it's not his team and his business. It's the Kraft family's team and their rebuild. And do you think the Kraft family would, be, would do that? I don't know. I don't think so at all. There's no chance. Why is there no chance? Because they've already lost the fan base, the half, some of the fan base by, trading, by getting rid of Tom. Now the other half that was still hanging on was all believing in Bill, and now you're going to lose them. And we know how you cure any of those. What? what? Win. How are you going to win? Because I just got my franchise quarterback and other stuff. Who's coaching the franchise quarterback? Whoever they want to be the head coach. Using your logic, they're never going to have another head coach. They'll never have to make that decision in two oh. years, three years, five oh, years. They will, have, they will move on for, to get a new head coach, but the roster will already be in place with talent that's there. I don't know that to be true. There's no talent there right now. But Bill's proven We've talked about it being one of the worst rosters in football, one of the worst skill position offenses in football. No quarterback. But so Bill's I don't know why you suddenly presume that Bill, if he stays, will fix it in a year or two to the point where they're this great roster that he hands over to somebody. You don't even have to be able to coach. I gave you such good talent. You can be a dummy. I don't know where that logic comes from for you. Because he's done it before. 
It's a, it's a, it's, what, it's not, it's not a, a year thing. It's uh, probably a three to a two to five year thing. So you, a, you think he's definitively going to be here in five years? Uh, I would, yes, that's more likely than not than he is. I have no idea. I think you can get old quickly when you start to get in your late sixties, early seventies. I don't know what his motivations are. I have no idea how good he'll be. His motivation is to beat Don Shula. Yeah, I know. And when he realizes that that is dissipating, as I think he's realized this year. But you're, you're looking too far into seven games. He's before, they're two and five in seven games. So and now all of a sudden he's a bad coach. What were they the end of last year? What were they the first half of last year? What were they the end of last year? What are they in their last 16? Let's throw a number out there. And what are they? Two, probably. Terrible, but it's the same record as the Lions, I believe. It's around 500 probably. Uh, no, it's below 500. Definitely okay. below 500. All right. So, I mean, you don't agree that that could be writing on the wall? Just like Bill thought the year before he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo that Tom Brady had been fading for a year or two, and the record showed it, the winning showed it, the stats showed it, and he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo because he was for the future, present. But that's different from the head, moving on from the head coach. It's no different than anybody runs out of gas and isn't good at their job anymore. And it doesn't mean they weren't ever good at their job. But using your logic, the Patriots team should be made up of superstar guard Logan Mankins, superstar D end Richard Seymour, great wide receiver oh, Troy my Brown. My point is that head coach is the most important thing on, a, on when it comes to a football team. And now you're just going to get rid of it. But you, you understand you're going to have to replace the head coach at some point in the next relatively near future. Yes, but wouldn't you want to have Bill Belichick in place to set that up before it happens instead of just having a new regime replace it from start to bo- from, from the bottom, basically? Hey, it doesn't have to be a new regime if it's anybody that's already here. Right? We, okay, let's just say Bill went to... And a, no, I don't want Bill to get his way if you believe, uh, what's his name, Seth Wickersham, and have a truly dynastic succession where he hands keys to if Steve Bill, Belichick. No, I don't want that. If Bill went to another team, you don't think he'd take his coaches with him? I don't know who he'd take with him. I don't know who'd stay. But Josh is the head coach. He doesn't have any loyalty. You're dealing with a lot of hypotheticals in your scenario. No kidding. This is what trade scenarios are. I'm saying it, but there's a lot of flaws in it. I, you've yet to point out a flaw, in my opinion. That Bill would actually do it. Oh, there's one flaw, yeah. But that's where I put it on Robert and Jonathan to massage the situation so they make Bill so angry he wants to go elsewhere and prove them wrong. But he, he has no reason to do that. None. Why? He's not ready to retire. Right. But if he goes to another team and, and doesn't succeed, then that impacts his legacy. Do you think he believes he won't succeed? Or does he have the ego and the belief that he will succeed? But why, is, why can't he have the same where he has – he's going to a new fan base. He has to basically rebuild the trust in those fans. Like here, he does nothing wrong. Like this is the absolute perfect place for him. Yeah, until the boss says, listen, we've traded you <laughs> – but then he could I, – I, I mean, I'm sure there's some contract things that, like, he has to approve it and, like – Who knows? I have no idea whether – I'm sure he has to approve it because he could retire. Right. I just don't know that he would. I don't know that he would take it as a challenge. I don't know that. I'm just saying it should be on the table. Because so it shouldn't be Bill Belichick's rebuild. It should why, be the craft – Why you're, – you're doing this to get the two picks? I'm doing this because I believe it's in the best interest of the football team. I've heard that somewhere. But – You've yet to say, like, how, how it benefits you. Like, why, why, why does it benefit you? Are you saying that, you're, you're, you're saying that Bill is now a liability? He, no, but I like the idea of getting a franchise quarterback, and he helps me get a franchise quarterback by the draft hall. But you that could get him. a franchise quarterback the way things are right now. Okay, so let's assume that's right. Then I'll get a damn franchise quarterback and a damn franchise defensive player in the top ten of the draft. But that – Would that help? History has shown you need, you need a competent head coach. You need a good head coach. See, okay, see, you're, you're saying pack it in. Bill Belichick's the only competent head coach that's ever walked the planet. The Patriots will never have another head coach. He's, I don't agree with that. I think there's other competent coaches out there that can win. I don't believe Bill's won every Super Bowl. I, I think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. He's I been think a Gerard Mayo is going to be a stud coach. Who? Gerard Mayo. I think he's going to be a stud coach. Okay. I have more faith in Gerard Mayo than Josh McDaniels right now. Okay. And it doesn't really matter who you have faith in or who I have faith in. But it matters who Robert and Jonathan Kraft have faith in. But your, your argument with, with Bill is that – or with 
with Josh. Like, Josh has had a bad year this year, too. So is Bill. So aren't they kind of the same? Like, you're saying, well, Josh be okay, but Bill's getting old. Josh isn't getting old. But Bill, Bill isn't, like, on his deathbed. And I would argue Josh didn't put the roster together. Bill did that. And I would argue Josh hasn't said some really curious, inconsistent things in the media that he's never said before like Bill has. So all of a sudden, because Bill is being honest with the media is like a reason to ship him out of town. He's not being honest. So first of all, he's not being honest. He's lying in a different way. Don't let's not call it honest. So if, if, if you believe they sold out for the last five years, you're dumber than I think. If Josh McDaniels was the head coach for now, what do you think he'd be doing? Losing. No, he'd be saying the same things Bill said. Oh, I have no idea what Josh would be saying. I don't know that he'd say, oh, the last five years, Bill sold out, so we don't have good players right now. He'd, he'd be using the same thing. He can't, these coaches can't handle losing. He'd be doing the same exact thing. Okay, maybe. There, so that's your argument? It would be the same without Bill? I think that's my argument. It'd be the same without Bill. No, no. This is talking about you're, you're just assuming that, that Josh would be just great to fill in and be the replacement no. for Bill. You're assuming Bill's irreplaceable. I don't believe yes. that coaches are – I believe everybody's replaceable. It's your job as Jonathan and Robert Kraft to find the next coach. That's part of – and it's going to be your job. He's done at some point, whether it's this year, three years, five years. He's done. Right. But wouldn't you want Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in NFL history, to be part of that succession process? Not really. It's the, not his decision to make. It's Robert's, but I think Robert realizes what he has in Bill. He might. He might be snowed over. I have no idea. I just think you're deifying Bill and making him this sacred cow that, that I case, don't do. If Robert truly felt that way, why didn't they look to get rid of Bill to keep Tom happy? A, I don't know that they didn't. I mean, you, you never know what they considered, what Robert and Jonathan talked about on drives home together or anything like spitballing, hey, uh, just going to throw it out there. Kind of like when the San Francisco 49ers called about Jimmy and Bill said no, and then John Lynch said, well, how about Brady, right? <laughs> right? You should spitball. You should throw things out there. And so I don't know that they didn't. I would also argue maybe they've changed their mind because of what's happened. Because I know one person on this call, and it's not me, who believes Bill Belichick botched the quarterback situation magnanimously. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Maybe Jonathan and Robert have said, uh, we put all our eggs in his basket and he didn't do a very good job. He broke all the eggs. We don't have a quarterback and we don't have one moving forward. Uh, should we think about some things in a different light now? But then your, how long is your rebuilding process then? When? I don't know. If you move on from Bill. How the hell should I know? I don't know how long my rebuilding process is with Bill. I think with Bill and the way things are right now, it's probably, it, it could be two years, one to two years away. I think that's the most optimistic thing I've heard since my Saturday morning shifts with Nick Cattles. <laughs> Who's so the quarterback? Find one this offseason. So you can find a quarterback, but you can't find a coach in your world? Yes. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous. Because you have w way more options. What? You have way more options. Like, you can't just find a coach on – like, coaches don't come up to get the draft. No, but they come from college, like Matt Rule. They come from the oh, pros. Oh, so now, now all of a sudden Matt Rule can be what Bill Belichick is. No, I don't. You can get coaches anywhere. There's going to be six quarterbacks that go in the first round of this draft, according right. to some mocks. Right. It's a little overzealous in my opinion, but um, so there'll be six quarterbacks. You're, you're, you're totally devaluing how hard it is. You're, you're, you're agreeing that it's, it's hard to find a good quarterback. It's, just, it's probably harder to find a good head coach. I don't know that that's true. I don't. Then, then why are there so few good head coaches in the league? Well, depends on what you consider good head coaches. Are people with Super Bowl rings good head coaches? Because there's a bunch of those. Not necessarily. Okay. No, I mean, that's fair. You can argue what you think a good head coach is or what you think a bad head coach is. I think that Bill Belichick has raised the bar so high over the last 20 years that people poo-pooed forever Andy Reid, and Pete Carroll and these guys. Like Andy Reid, to me, in some ways, in some ways, is more accomplished than Bill Belichick. He built two consistent Super Bowl contending teams. Bill's only built one with one quarterback. Andy Reid did it with three quarterbacks. Uh, that's not true. Excuse me? I th you can make an argument that Bill got two. Got two what? 
built two teams. Yes, they're they're different. They were still the Patriots, but he had the run early in the 2000s. You, know, you can argue whatever you want. Andy Reid was in Philadelphia, went to four straight NFC title games, went to the Super Bowl, lost to Belichick. But now you're not then getting he went to Phil- Kansas City, went to the Super Bowl and won. And oh, by the way, was really good with Alex Smith. It's not like but, he only got good when he had Patrick Mahomes. But so it's Bill's fault that he stayed with the same organization for 20 years. Didn't argue it was anybody's fault. Just saying there was another good coach out there that well, was you just you, you, you didn't say Andy Reid was available. You implied that Andy Reid is a better head coach than Bill Belichick because he coached. He said you can, you can argue he's more accomplished right. because he built two Super Bowl contenders, didn't just sit at one with Tom Brady. But you could say Bill did basically the same thing. No, I can't actually because he never left New England and he never left Tom Brady. But, not, but Bill made it so that he had Tom Brady. What do you mean he made it? If you believe the dynasty, Robert Kraft made it so he had Tom Brady. He, he could have got rid of him. Like he could have, like he's the one that kept doing it. Like he, he, now you're faulting Bill Belichick for Tom Brady. You're not giving him credit. Didn't fault him. Well, I'm not giving him any credit for a six round pick that was made by Dick Rabine. I, I'm, you're right. He was very fortunate to have Tom Brady with him. He molded him. He turned him into the greatest of all time. And he played a key role in that. Don't get me wrong. But I don't give him credit. He didn't take him in the first round and say that's so what you don't, you don't think Bill Belichick could have given him more credit for Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't think Bill Belichick could have done the same thing that Andy Reid did? I have no idea. It's not about what I think. Andy Reid has done it. But Bill Belichick did did something very similar. Just with didn't. he stayed with one team, with one owner, with one full control, with one quarterback. Andy Reid did more of a Parcellian thing, where he. Built a Super Bowl team, went to another team, built would a Super Bowl Would you agree that the rosters in the early 2000s looked a lot different than the rosters in the, you know, 2014, 16? Yes, obviously. Right, right. So Bill did that. But you told me the two most important things in football are coach and quarterback. Yes. That didn't change. So he had an advantage at the two most important positions in football. Andy Reid had Donovan McNabb, then he had Alex Smith, then he had Patrick Mahomes. He won with all three. Right, but one is still the same, Andy Reid. And right. he, those and are good quarterbacks. He, he, those are good quarterbacks. It's not like he, he – like, Right, which he picked. You're not giving Bill – like, Bill would have done the same thing. Maybe he would have. I don't disagree with he might have done the same thing. He didn't do it. Andy Reid did. I'm just questioning your uh, your belief that there's only one football coach that can ever be successful, and his name is Bill. Oh, no, I'm saying that there's very few. Gone. Like you, you can't just call up this, this, the the Steelers and say we want Mike Tomlin. Like there's so few head coaches that are right. competent in the NFL. The Packers had a Super Bowl winning head coach with a 600 winning percentage that they can and replaced with a young buck who is doing what? What has he done? Win. In the regular season, what he's done in the playoffs. He went to the uh, NFC title game in his and first lost season. To the, pa- to the, the to NFC the- title game is his first season as a head coach. That's and pretty impressive. If you're not impressed by that, then you're right. You'll never, because nobody will measure up to the six rings. If that's all you're looking for, is you failed. You lost in the NFC title game. Oh, I know you're really good the next year, too, but you're a sucky coach. Well, he's then you're never going to be appeased. He's been there one, one year. Like, you're. So you think Matt LaFleur would be, the, would be a good candidate for the Patriots? Do you think that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers feel good about Matt LaFleur? Right now, sure, yes. Okay. My point is there's not only one coach available on the football field, on the planet. But there's the, good the, coaches. The, the, the quarterback that you would get in New England isn't Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I have a better chance of getting Aaron Rodgers when I trade Bill Belichick because now I have two top five picks. But, I keep upping the ante. What? I keep upping the ante. Yeah, I know. You do. Like it's you're 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 project you're you're making a lot of things fit your argument. So are you? Not no. Yes, because you have the next coach sucking. What if the next coach is good? But the, right, they're well, all variables. You need to measure them. Whoever makes the decision, you measure the variables, put it all together, and say, do I want to do this? Is this the best plan, or is this the best plan? I I just do not like you're we. Everyone thought this year that you could get away with not having Tom Brady at quarterback. And we, right. we, we've, we've seen how important that position is. Well, sort of. Yes. The same oh, thing. The Patriots be- sucked with Tom Brady over the second half of last season. They had a crappy roster, and they weren't a very good football team, they correct? Wouldn't, they wouldn't look the way that they've looked this year. Look? 
they might look different. I don't know that the results would be all that different. Maybe you want to give Brady a win. So we'll give Brady a win. Do you think he's worth more than one? So they're two and five. Okay, let's move him up to three and four. Do I hear four and three? Do I hear five and two? You'd feel a lot differently, though, if they were three and four right now. Oh, no question. Right. But that's just based on history. That's because right. eh, Tom Brady will dig him out a hole. It's, it used to be the hole was two and two. Now the hole's three and four, but he can still bring it together. Right. That's true. But what I'm saying is that you're seeing how important quarterback play is this year. You would see the same thing in another year, how important a, good, a competent head coach is. What? You would see with Bill gone, you would see during, during a game, oh, we missed Bill. Like, that was a dumb decision. You, you might. Yeah, yeah, I let him do that. Just like you've missed Tom, sure. Right. Now, I think I've seen dumb decisions from Bill in game this year, but that's a separate topic. Not, not enough to, like, cost him a game. Not, not so blatant that Andy Reid is known as, like, mishandling the clock every single game he plays in. I don't know what the butterfly effect would be. He sees James White in front of him, get a first down, and he doesn't decide to challenge when they say he's three yards short. I don't know. You're not giving me an option as to, like, who would, like what the succession plan would be. So who, who would take over for Bill? I personally would do – I'd be fine if Josh took over. I'd be 100% fine if Josh took over. I'd be 100% fine if Gerard Mayo took over with a new franchise quarterback, a new great defensive draft, other aspects filled in. Who's I'm gonna doing be that drafting? You said Nick Casario. Because okay. you said he's been doing the drafting all along, that he's the reason to blame for the bad roster. I'm just yes. using your logic. They right. already have a system in place. Yes. Okay. So want to continue to be bad? I don't know. I, See, I don't – I think Bill is the be-all, end-all, say-all. So I, I give Bill the blame for the bad picks. I don't push that off on Nick and say, back when they were good, it was Bill. Last few, those are bad. So was the last draft that Bill oversaw, what was that? Let me guess. No, sure. Bill. Hightower no, and Jones? No, Bill oversees every draft. I, 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 no, I'm not saying that Nick does everything. I'm just saying that it's, I think Bill does less when it comes to roster building than people think. People think it's all Bill, and Nick just sit, sits there. Nick's more active than people think. I think, and I don't want this to be disrespectful, I think Nick is a middle, middle manager. I think he does all the grunt work. He organizes the scouting department. I think he makes calls, lays the foundation for trades, everything. And then at the end of the day, Bill makes the decisions. So why did Bill, why did Bill say, like, I, I don't know what the trade deadline is going to look like. I don't know. Ask Nick. Because, A, it allows him to not answer any questions. And, B, it's sort of um, a pat on the back to Nick or whatever, like fluff him up. He's really running that show. He does a great job. Like, uh, like. I think that's what it is. I respect you. See, I tell people how much, how important you are, how much work you do. It's, it's you. We're, we're talking in circles. I know. I kind of enjoy it. You know what it reminds me of? <laughs> me being out of mutt. No, but that's part of it. My old days at uh, PFW in progress, I would have had this argument with either Fred Kirsch or Paul Perillo for like an hour and a half. We would have been screaming. We might've swore a little bit and then we'd walk away and be like, was that good or bad? Right. No, exactly. <laughs> well, no, there are other people that you'd have this argument, maybe some of your radio partners that you couldn't keep up with. This. Radio partner, radio partner, Saturday morning radio partner? That was one of them, yeah. I think we may have this argument on Saturday. We started this argument last week when he talked about this bridge year and yeah. like, if they need to have a bridge year so that they're a really good football team next year, I'm all for it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do we know they're going to be a really good football team next year? Like, right. what evidence do you have of that? None. All right. Save some of your arguments for Saturday morning. Okay. I want to, in light of that, before we wrap this up, because this does feel like this has gone kind of long. It has. Um, give me five names. Pretend this is a uh, keeper league. Yep. Five names from the Patriots that you want to be a part of your team, Ryan Hannibal's team, for the next three to five years. Okay. Kyle Duggar. Damian Harris. You stopped it too. <laughs> um, James White. This is um, Michael Onwenu. JC Jackson. You and I went five for five, exact same five. It was an exercise we did on the Dale and Keith program a couple days ago. Uh, Dale and Keefe's were a little bit different than me. I think they both had Chase Winovich in their oh, top five. No. 
okay, you don't have to get angry. Keep your personal feelings to yourself. My point was, it's, 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 it's alarming. Like you look at it and you're like, who do I yeah, really I got to do and then you think about it. Yes. And James White, I love him, but he's a little older. He's the type of guy you think I could replace that. Or like, as he ages, do I, now I think he'll be fine. I picked James White too, yeah. because I don't think he's going to lose a step. I think he's like a cerebral runner. He makes good cuts. Like he'll be fine. What, what is he? 29, 30. Right. I mean, but no, I know that he was, if you're going to, he's probably my fifth. He's a little old to say five years. Okay. Maybe he can right. give you three, but will he give you five? Right. And Kyle Duggar, how many games has he played? Five? Well, well I mean, he was there. He's looked pretty good and he was their first pick of this, this no, year. I know, but your first pick was a guy who's played five games and didn't play like 100% of the snaps in those games, is a part-time player. He kind of grew as the season went on. I think he started at like 30% in the first game and was kind of chugging along a little bit. But it's a, And one of them was a, no disrespect meant, but one's a guard in on winter. Like you have a franchise guard you just picked. Right. It's a little alarming, right? Yeah. What is that? What is, was that just an exercise to show that the roster's bad or to prove your point earlier? Well, the roster's bad. It's just a fun little exercise or alarming little exercise. Maybe not fun if you're a Patriots fan, but um, the roster's pretty barren. Bill Belichick or Nick Casario, combination of the two, are responsible for that, correct? Yes. And well, maybe you're further away from I don't, the I don't know. To great. Yes, and no. yes and no. Like, you're off. You. This isn't more for the future, but, like, they, they didn't have control over the opt-out. They didn't have control over Hightower, Chung. Okay, but you would not have picked any of no, those. No, guys. I know. I know, I know, I know. For, okay. that, for that exercise, yes. But for the, how the roster looks right now, that's part of it. But don't you think, generally, I think it's ESPN does, like, the top players or whatever under the age of 25 yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, you want to have guys on that list because that you, means – You want Nikhil Harry to be on that list. You, you want – Tony Michelle, Isaiah Wynn. Like, yeah. you want all those guys on that list, and when they're not – now you're playing catch up. You're trying to fix your roster. You're trying I to mean, build. You could make an argument that Win could be on that list. You could. You definitely could. I think for me, for him, it. I kind of let contracts seep in, and I'm thinking he's a left tackle. So to keep him for the next three right. to five years, am right. I giving him seventy five million dollars? And I think you could probably find a, a rookie that could be similar. I mean, hell, on when who's been so good at every other position, maybe he could be good. Right. Even though he's supposedly a guard, but. I just thought it was an interesting telling exercise in terms of what the roster kind of really looks like and what this rebuild, you're not a quarterback away. No, right? we're, we're in full agreement on that. Okay. We are in full disagreement on whether they should consider trading Bill Belichick. The beauty of this is it's never going to be answered. They're not going to trade Bill Belichick. Oh, okay. Right? No, definitely not. When was the last trade in the NFL? Uh, Herm Edwards? Right. We went from the Jets to the Chiefs, like, what was that, 15 years ago or something? And I, the Crafts would never do it. See, I don't like that mentality. That's the mentality I don't like. They would never do it. Never, what? never do it. You they, sure? They, they couldn't handle the backlash. But could they handle the winning? It would, they would, that would take, like, a while for that to happen. Like, I, I don't... It's a good exercise, and it's a good, it's a good talk radio topic, especially this week when the game stinks. And don't you think in, like, a fantastical world of, of organizational hierarchy, Bill Belichick would consider trading Bill Belichick? No. What? No. You're out of your flipping mind. Of course he would. No. Of course he would. No. Why would You can't just keep saying no. Give me a reason. Because he knows how important the head he, – are you talking to himself or if he was like the Robert Kraft? If, yeah, if he were Robert Kraft and like, but took his Belichickian mentality to his Robert Kraft role. I still don't think he do, does it because I think he, he knows how, like, there's not many good NFL head coaches out there and you can't just all of a sudden find one. I don't know if he agrees with that. I do. Uh, what's, your, what's your pick for the game? Uh, Patriots 24, Jets 10. Uh, Jets haven't scored more than 10 points in more than a month. I don't think they'll score more than 10 points in this one. I'm sure the Patriots will get a turnover, probably give a turnover too. But um, I just, it would stun me if this game went the other way. I, I can't, you know how we say that? I can't envision a scenario. I can't, can't. Pull Cam Newton, put Stidham in. Just 
I can't envision a scenario where they lose this game. And if they do, my God in hell, I don't know what will happen. 27-13, Patriots is what I got. 27-13, breakout performance from the Jets scoring 13. Yeah, I think that's that's the Patriots defense not being great. Uh, yeah, that's it could also be a late touchdown. Like I don't think this game's really gonna be close. I, at least, well, it. I think it could be close, but I think the Patriots will control it or be like yes, ahead or whatever. However, you want to articulate it. Yes, but I also think it's sort of a no-win situation for them and their fans. Oh, it's none. Like, none. If you beat up on the Jets, your fans are like, oh, you beat You're up on the Jets. To. Right. If you win by seven, you only win by seven. Right. Or you lose. Blues might get some more positive, actually, because people will think they really are tanking. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence, baby. Right, right. This is, this is, this is a nothing game. It really it, is. It's a great Monday night game. Yes. Uh, I don't know when we're going to be doing our podcast. Uh, it probably will have to wait until Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, probably. I, yeah, I have radio Monday night during the game, and then I have radio Monday morning. I mean, Tuesday morning. <laughs> So, yeah, probably have to be Tuesday afternoon. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you then. Hope you enjoyed this long, long podcast. Right? There is some, some good, good content. I'm telling you, old PFW fans will. Those are the types of arguments they love to hate and hated to love. Good. Give us your feedback. We like that. Oh, but only if it's nice. All right. See you. See you.